My name is Joshua, as you have heard, and it is an honor to stand before you today to minister the word of God. A few things come to my spirit, even as I prepare to minister, that uh, people have come expectant to receive solutions for their needs. And one of the solutions Christ gave us is his revealed word. The written word is good, but it is sometimes just a road map. It is not the fuel. The fuel is the revelation that comes out of the written word of God. So the word is good when it is written, but it is useful when it is revealed. You can quote, uh, by stripes you are real to a sick man, but still you get a word that says, on your left shoulder there is a fracture. The, the Lord Jesus is touching you. The healing may not occur. So you need the revealed word. That's why I pity people who quote a lot of scripture and then claim that God is with them. No, what is with them is knowledge, not God. You need the revealed word. He has a name. His name is Jesus. This evening, we have a message entitled, Understanding Priesthood. Understanding Priesthood. And I will go to the text of the day in Numbers chapter 18 from verse 5 to verse 7. The Bible says, you are to be responsible. Numbers chapter 18 from verse 5. You are to be responsible for the care of the sanctuary and the altar so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelites again. I myself have selected your fellow Levites from among the Israelites as a gift to you. Underline the gift. The word gift to you. As a gift to you, dedicated to the Lord to do the work at the tent of meeting. Verse 7. But only you and your sons may serve as priests in connection with everything at the altar and inside the curtain. I am giving you the service of the priesthood as a gift. Underline the word again, as a gift. Anyone else who comes near the sanctuary is to be put to death. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word and we ask you, by these scriptures, reveal the word and by the word, give us solutions. In Jesus' name, amen. I was 15 years old when a preacher came to our town. The preacher was known and he was loved because he was so profound in the glory that the Lord was using him to move in. Through this preacher, the Lord could do profound miracles, signs, and wonders. And as a young boy, I was expecting something spectacular from God through this preacher. It was a big meeting, about 2,000 people. And I was seated in that crowd, I think, in the very middle of the crowd as a young teenage boy. The preacher began moving up and down and preaching and sweating and preaching and preaching. You know, those are the days preachers could preach. Nowadays they talk. There were days preacher could, you know, they could sway themselves and, you know, stagger like this. And it was like a zigzag puzzle on the pulpit. So the preacher preached and sweated and people screamed. It was powerful. Then something happened that changed my life forever. He stood on the edge like now I'm standing on the edge. And he pointed at me straight. And he told me profound words that live to change my life. When I walked out of that meeting, I was changed up to date. Can I share those words? They were simple words. 
He told me, you are a gift to your generation. Then he turned and walked away. And he kept preaching. Those words, in the following year, pushed me to seek Jesus like I've never sought him. Actually, nowadays I feel I'm joking with seeking Jesus. That time I sought the Lord with all of my heart till all my clothes were falling down because of fasting and seeking God. And I said, Lord, can I be a gift? Can I be a gift? I don't want to be a preacher. I don't want to be a professional. Lord, I want to be a gift. And I began to ask the Lord, show me how to be a gift. How do I walk in and when I walk out, people are like, oh God, thank you that you came. How do I walk into a situation and walk out of the situation? And when I'm done walking in and out, people are saying, God himself came from heaven through a human being. It is in that spirit I want us to understand what I have just read. Aaron has a gift. Aaron has a calling from God. Aaron is a priest. But the Lord tells him that this priesthood is not a career. It is not eight to five. It is not master plan that must be fulfilled. It is not a ritual. This is to be a gift. Allow me to introduce to you two things that will help you understand priesthood. There are legal aspects of priesthood just like there are legal aspects to your career. As a career person, you will sign a contract. You will vow that you will keep time. You will vow that you will report early and live late if it is possible. You will vow that you will be honest. You will, you will promise a few things to your employer. Those are legal clauses. As a priest, you are also having some legal duties to do. One of the legal duties to do is to be faithful to God. Another legal duty to do is to be prayerful. Another legal duty to do is to read the word. All these things are good legally. But the problem with the legal things, they don't change their art. They only restrain their art. Am I using complicated English? Legal things only restrain the art. They only restrain habits. They don't change habits. Kenyans are still using the plastic bags. Some of you have them in your houses. The law wrote, was written. The law was followed. The law was taught. It was even advertised in the media. But I'm sorry, it was just a law. Our habits are still those same habits. Why? Our manners have been restrained but not changed. God did not want people to be committed to contracts and committed to laws and committed to ritual. He wanted something more sentimental. Which brings me to the second aspect of everything we do. Whether it is our career or our priesthood or our fatherhood or our motherhood, it should be sentimental. It should not just be legal. Legally, as a father, you can provide for your family, you can buy them, you know, sukumawiki, you can get them the rent, you can do everything legally possible, yet your children will wake up one day and say, you are a joke. In fact, the children busy denouncing their parents are the ones the parents are more legally responsible. Because children don't just need the law. They need sentiments. They need to be made to feel something. They need to be made to feel a what? They need to be made to feel a sentiment. Priesthood is not just a duty. It is also a sentiment. 
There is a way as a priest you begin to make people feel. There is a way as a father you make people feel. There is a way as a, as a trader you make people feel. There is a way as a doctor you make people feel. One doctor will report to work in the morning and leave in the evening and see you for strictly the time he should see you. Another one will say, I know I should be going even to dinner for, with my wife, but please allow me to squeeze in more time. Allow me to attend to you. In fact, can we meet after these office hours because the nurses will not be there, but I can squeeze in some medicine. Somebody will be going the extra mile. This one is no longer an officer. This one is now a gift. One person is an officer serving because he swore to do duty. Another is going beyond sentiment. God is telling Aaron, Aaron, my servant, do not be an officer. Be a gift. Allow me to rub the, wound, uh, rub the salt deeper into the wound. Parents who are here, don't serve out of duty. Serve out of gifting. Be a gift. Now, Pastor Kimani, I can buy you anything because I am obligated to buy it. I can get you shoes. I can get you anything I want to get for you. <laughs> you need shoes, brother. But, <laughs> God have mercy and punish the devil. Now, I can get you anything out of duty because I fear you or I respect you. But suppose I go an extra mile and package a gift and I wrap this gift. Do you know one thing we do with the gifts? We do not mix them with the other things. We separate them. I have clothes, but I have gifts in those clothes. There is a cloth I was given by my uncle in 2000, no, in 1999. It is a green t-shirt. I still have it in my wardrobe. It is torn, but it was a gift from somebody I esteem. The same uncle gave me 2,000 shillings, told me, run to the market, get all the clothes you want. One day, he held my hand like a father. We went to his wardrobe. And he opened the wardrobe and pulled out a polo shirt, green in color. I still have it. Even when I get married, that polo shirt is going nowhere. <laughs> Go, somebody tell my wife. <laughs> Now, initially, he was doing duty. A good uncle giving 2,000 to a nephew. Go sort yourself out. Later on, he decided to do me sentiment. He became sentimental. He became a gift. He became a rewarder. He became a surpriser. He was almost romantic, if I may use that language. And out of that simple act, I have retained that t-shirt in my wardrobe. His son should be coming in a few weeks to my place. I will tell him, Junior, we call him Junior, come see the t-shirt the, the of your father. Pastor Kimani, the Bible says we are a royal priesthood. But the world does not feel it. Because of how we package our priesthood. We package our priesthood as a duty, not as a sentiment. Brother, the Lord told me to pray for you. If I don't pray, I will be killed. So let me pray. My wife, the Lord told me to stand with you. If I don't stand with you, I will be failing as a Christian. So you do duty. No wonder after you have done your duty, there is no change. There is no connection. Read with me 
And I quote, I think it is Genesis 29 verse 34. The Bible says, And after Leah had given birth to this sec- I mean, these three children, he, she named the child Levi, saying, This time my husband will be joined to me. Or finally, my husband will be attached to me. Levi, from where we get the priesthood, had one role. What was the role? The role was very simple. I want an attachment. The original role of priesthood was attachment. If whatever you are doing to your neighbor is not bringing an attachment between your neighbor and your God, you are failing as a priest. You are failing as a gift. You may be a faithful officer, but I'm sorry, you are just a faithful officer. You are implementing laws. You are not changing acts. I hope finally some of you are seeing where you have been going wrong. You have been faithful to keep time. You have been faithful to pay whatever you are paying. You have been faithful to do and to do and to do. And nobody is catching something. Something in his heart. Nobody is feeling something. Because the whole role of priesthood was not duty. The priesthood was to be a surprise from God. Everything the priest was to do was to be a surprise, a compliment. People did not deserve. There is a man who gave me a flash disk that does not work. 600 MB, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. And he packaged it, in fact, he even put a ring on it. Is it a ring or these bangles? This, what do you call it? Necklace kind of thing. And then he put it in another plastic uh, container. Boss, you should come to my room, you see that, that flash disk. Useless but sweet. <laughs> And I try to shake off the flash disk and I try to tell my brother, format it so that we can give it away. And I kept feeling in my heart, this was a gift. This was romance. This was somebody taking me out on a date. This one I can't get rid of. And any time the man has come to my house, I have been careful to tell him, your flash disk is the most wonderful. Brethren, how do you package yourself? Do you package yourself as a dutiful person or do you package yourself as a gift? Now, oh, it is on the screen. Again, she conceived. And when she gave birth to her son, she said, Now, at last, my husband will become attached to me. And because I have borne him three sons, so he was named Levi. Levi from where we get the priest. The priesthood was about people being attached to God. Not people fearing God. Not people running away from God. People being attached to God. The problem is this. The New Testament priests ended up causing people actually to run away from God instead of being attached to God. Let me demonstrate for you. Can I have Mark? Where is Mark? Strength of a woman. I saw Mark with a woman today. And I knew this boy will not come to church. Get me some two shawls. Don't put that on the video. 
Get me two shawls. I need somebody tall, somebody handsome, somebody like Tim. Somebody. <laughs> Come, Tim. Now there are two teams. One has run ahead of you. God punish the devil. Come. Now tie it around him as if you are going to do a traditional wedding of this man. Let me show you something that will amaze you. Tie it around his shoulders. Mm. Let me tie two of them. Tie it. Do you know the word tie? Like tie. Now this big body will sweat today. Even in there, even there. Thank you. Now, face the pulpit, my brother. Face the pulpit. Good. Now, this was your Old Testament priest. His back was always on the people. He was busy lighting candles. He was busy breaking the bread. He was busy putting blood on top of this and on top of that and saying what people were not even hearing. He was a mystery. He was up. The people were down. He was with God. The people were with Satan. That is what they felt. And for 2,000 years plus, actually 3,000 years, nobody wanted even to be a priest because to be a priest meant to be separated. It meant to be mysterious. It meant to be a way. To be a priest meant to be perfect. And nobody was willing to risk perfection when there was no grace. So this man stood before God with his back on the people. And the Bible says when he entered, nobody even moved till he had walked out. He was like a symbol of devastation. Because if you miss a point with this priest, you died. When God is telling this man, I have given you this thing as a gift, the man made it a commission. He made it an office. He made it a duty. He patented it. He owned it. He ruled with it. He killed with it. And I'm sorry, that is what many Christians today are. The more they get spiritual, the more they get separated from the people, separated from needs of people, separated from the needs of the crowd, separated from the mainstream, separated from the streets, separated from sinners. Jesus comes, and I love Jesus. And he tells the disciples in Matthew chapter 10, and also in Luke chapter 9 and chapter 10, go out to the streets, go out to the villages, Go out to the houses. Go out to all the highways. And wherever you go, provided you are welcome. Boss, don't pretend you are holy. Eat, drink, stay there. Familiarize with those people. Cry with those people. The Old Testament priest was away from the people. The New Testament priest now is told, in fact, do not even carry things that will make people feel scared. The Bible says do not even carry a purse. Do not even carry anything that looks like you are better than them. Go the way you are. Interact with them the way you are. And when they welcome you, sit there. 
When I came here and I was welcomed, I asked Pastor Kimani, can I come with Joe? And he said, why not? And today we are here. And I said, there's another brother, he's called Gabriel. Can he also come? Of course! And we came. It is easy to be so holy and so detached and so pure and so perfect and so prayerful and so much driven in the presence of God. It is so easy. Because all you need to do is to construct a timetable and you follow your timetable and you are done. But the problem with people, going to the people means getting a bit dirty. Going to the people means losing your program and losing your nice name. And sometimes, like it happened to a brother whom I know, your car tire may burst. And the more you go out among the people, you will rub shoulders with the people you should not rub shoulders with. Yet, that is the commission of the New Testament priest. To go and meet the people, not turn away from the people. Now, sometimes you have to turn away because you need to be with God. Like Jesus used to do, the only thing you do it with wisdom and with measurement. Jesus did it at night when he knew people would be asleep. But during the day, he turned and faced the people. And sometimes they abused him. Sometimes they doubted him. He did not run away. You know the problem today with some of us, when we are anointed, we cannot be abused. Neither can we be questioned. Yet the New Testament priest is to be among the people. The Bible says he was a friend of sinners. He hung out with tax collectors. He attended weddings. Like this Saturday I've been invited for some single thing. I hope it is exciting. Will I get a date there? Oh ye of beauty, come ye. <laughs> Allow me to quote for you something profound in the book of Luke. No, in the book of Mark 12, I think 39. Let me see. The Bible says in the book of Mark 12 about this man Jesus. Let me see. No, 37. The Bible says, David himself calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? The Bible says the large crowd listened to him with delight. Can you put it in King James Version? We pick something from King James. David therefore himself calleth him Lord, and whence is he then his son? And the common people, somebody say common people. Today we preachers tell you, do not associate with the common people. Do not even look like them. Do not speak their language. Yet, it is this group which came to hear Jesus gladly. Kings had him and suspected him. The Pharisees had him and plotted against him. But the common people, the common people loved him. Because he was one of them. We've been given the ministry of reconciliation according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just put it there. But this ministry is not positive in terms of experience. 
It is negative because we are going to meet difficulties and contradictions. Our job is to reconcile because the true spirit of priesthood is reconciliation, attachment, joining together. Put uh, Genesis 29:34 in King James Version. The Bible says, finally, my husband will be joined to me. From today, you need to ask yourself, when people meet you, are they joined to God or they run away from God? Do they feel like they are attaching themselves to God and vowing their hearts to God? Or are they being separated from the tenderness of the love of God? And so you are asking me, Brother Joshua, does it mean now I go dressing like a priest and walking on the streets like the Pope and saying, oh ye common people, I am thy priest? No. Priesthood is more practical in the New Testament age. Priesthood is when a husband knows how to make his wife be attached to God and eventually attached to him. Priesthood is when a mother knows how to make his ch her children to be attached to God and finally attached to her. It is first of all them getting attached to God. After that, they will have no problem getting attached to you. Remember, when you package a gift as a gift, nobody refuses a gift. Nobody. How are suicide bombers able to wrap themselves around dignitaries and make them to lose their lives? They come smiling. They come packaging themselves like a gift. Never relate with anybody out of duty. Relate out of sentiment. Relate out of trying to be a gift. How do you become a gift to the Deliverance Church Ngong Road or whichever church you belong to? No longer go to church out of duty. No longer give to church out of duty. No longer participate in activities out of duty. Desire to be a gift. Desire to be somebody who will not be put away after many years. Somebody will say something that cannot be wished away after many years. The Bible says in Colossians, I believe chapter 3, if not chapter 2, that let your communication or let your words or let your speech be salted with grace so that it may benefit those who hear you. There is a way to salt your speech till your speech cannot be put away. Like that green t-shirt in my house. It will always be noted somewhere and people will remember you and say, I need to call that man. I need to call that woman. Why? Your words have become a gift. And you are no longer just a speaker. You are now a gift. You are no longer just filling people with knowledge. You are giving them sentiments in their hearts that are making them to run to God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, verse 12, going down, and they listened to the words that came out of his mouth, and the words that came out of his mouth were full of grace. There was so much grace out of the mouth of Jesus, they did not need to know whether he was learned or not learned, whether he was living in a posh house or not living even in any house. They were attached to the very words that he spoke because there is a way he packaged them. With grace. 
we will not convince people to love us. In fact, we have no time to be loved by people. Our job is for people to connect to our God. But we must package ourselves appropriately. Sometimes I've discovered, one time I was sending a gift to some, some girl somewhere, huh, those days. And I wrapped it and wrapped it, and it took me like three hours. And I unwrapped it, then wrapped it, then unwrapped it. Finally, I took it to DHL with a big smile. True story. And DHL told me, this chocolate cannot go. I was like, what? They told me, this is a dairy product, not allowed in the European Union. I wanted to kick that lady in the face. Because you have wrapped it and unwrapped it, then wrapped it, then unwrapped it. But why was I doing the wrapping? Because I wanted the gift to carry more sentimental value. Finally, I removed the dairy product. I went and got some Maasai things. You know those things you buy for those people there. I don't need to give details. And I put it in and I prayed, Oh God, may this gift really speak. The problem, Pastor Kimani, the gift has still been speaking. Wicked man, I need deliverance. Now, listen. <laughs> listen. It is not how expensive what you are trying to do is. It is how you package it. The Bible says, know how you ought to answer every man that asks you anything. There is a way you package your emotions. There is a way you package your thoughts. There is a way you package your expectations. Even your prayer. Moses gave God one line and God said, okay, I change my mind. Can we pray a prayer this evening and for most of our lives that Lord make us a gift wherever we go. Even in your presence, may we be a gift. There are people God looks at like this and is like, oh God, don't go away. Don't go away. Stay here. Stay here with me. One man was saying, Benin, when he was young, he used to spend so much time with the Holy Spirit. And when he was about to leave his room, now to go and minister, the Holy Spirit could say, just one more hour, one more hour. And it was deep and sweet and rich. It is possible that this man meets me and his heart begins to bubble. It is very possible his God also meets me and his, God, his heart begins to bubble based on how I package myself. That is the whole essence of wisdom. Packaging. Wisdom is not about the substance in. The substance in is called knowledge. But the wrapper outside is wisdom. And we need it, brethren, especially in our interactions with the world. As I prepare to finish, you are not going yet, my brother. Hey, you are a slave of the preacher. John chapter 17, I believe, the prayer of Jesus. John 17 says something very beautiful. I read from verse 20, 20 to verse 23. The Bible says, My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. 21. That all of them may be one. Priesthood there again. All of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me, 
and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then, somebody say then. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. As a man who hears Jesus very profoundly, one of the most painful things I've gone through is when the Lord appears to me and he tells me, my son, we are not one. We have lost our harmony. We have lost our intimacy. Yes, you are preaching, but you are not preaching with my heart. You are preaching out of your memory, out of your goodness of mind, out of your own ability. My son, we are not one. After that, after I've repented, you will also tell me, you see that brother, you see that sister, he is not one with me, she is not one with me. They are in a duty, they are not in a romance. And the final thing he usually tells me every time he meets me is that now I want you to remember what harmony will cost you. It may cost you eternity itself. The Bible says, did we not do these things? They were doing things. Do you remember that scripture? Did we not cast out devils, prophesy? Did we not even raise the dead? And the Lord will say, eh, eh, I did not know you. We were not together. We were not intimate. We were not in harmony. We were not close. We were not priests to our Father on the throne. When I began my Christian walk, I had an, an obsession for wisdom. And I pursued wisdom. I pursued wisdom. Till the Lord said, hey, hey, stop. It is granted. Then I began to say, hey, wisdom without love is vanity. So I began to pursue love. Oh Lord, I want to love you. I want to know your love. And I preached on love. I prayed about love. I fasted about love. The Lord showed up and he told me, good, I will give you my love and you'll walk in my love. However, one more thing. And I was like, Lord, what is more than love? He told me, harmony. You can love me, but you need to be one with me. When you speak, it is, me, it is me who needs to be speaking. When you are angry, it is me who is angry in you. When you are thinking of anything, it is me thinking through you. When you are cutting or healing, it is me cutting, it is me healing. Everything you do, we now do as one. He told me this should be your call the rest of your life. This is the only thing now you are to be concerned about. Harmony with me. How many sermons were preached this morning and they were preached from good notes? How many sermons were preached this morning in many churches and they were preached out of good research? How many sermons were preached in many churches this morning and they were preached out of current affairs? There is one sermon. It is a sermon that comes out of harmony with the Lord Jesus. Only then can you go to your brother and reconcile your brother to be one with Jesus. Only then can you go to your sister and reconcile your sister to be in harmony with Jesus. Now, does it make you a prophet or does it mean you must be a prophet to be one with Jesus? No, it only means you have to stop living for yourself. 
and begin living for your God with all of your heart. The Bible says, I pray that they may be one with me and also one with one another. Then will the world know that surely you sent me. Then will the world also know that you have loved me. You know yourself wherever you are. I know you came from miracle service where we do miracles. But the greatest miracle is when your heart is one with Jesus. And when your neighbor's heart is also made to be one with Jesus by your efforts of reconciliation. Not out of duty, underline the word duty, but out of being a gift. Out of being sentimental. Pastor Kimani, can I rub it a bit for just five more minutes? Many of you are sisters to a brother somewhere or to a fellow sister somewhere. Many of you are brothers to a brother somewhere or a sister somewhere. Some of you are even parents to some child somewhere. You need to begin asking yourself, how much of that relationship is purely duty? Which part of that relationship is you trying to be a gift? When those children go to sleep at night, how much of your sentiments can they feel in their hearts? Have they seen you take that step of going the extra mile beyond duty? Let me give you a story. A friend of mine in Mombasa, we grew up with him, he's called Abubakar. Very brilliant guy. He was number 87 when we did our exams. Very brilliant. When he finished high school, he also did very well. And he was called to campus, Jaquat. His father was a retired watchman. And they lived in the slums. So next week is required in Jaquat. There is no school fees. The father did what I've never seen a father do. And I'm not saying you do it. The father being a Muslim went to the, the fiercest critics of Muslims who was a man of God. An evangelical preacher. And he told him, now we need to talk. Father to father. Man to man. Put religion aside. Tomorrow when this boy is learned, he will not be a Muslim. He will be a professional. You need to organize your elders and your church. He even told him how to organize them. You need to organize your elders and your church for a fundraising for my son. My people cannot come because they are poor, but me, I will be there. My sheikh cannot come because he hates you, but me, I have to be there. I was in that fundraiser the year 2005. And the pastor, together with the elders of the church, they put aside their Christian dogma against Muslims aside. They came on a Sunday afternoon for a fundraising. But that was not all. The boy had not paid fees in the other high school where he was. The father again took his mouth and his faith and his honor as a father and he faced the principal. He told the principal, my son is needed in Jaquat next week. You know I am a retired watchman. I don't have the money. Father to father, man to man, give me the result slip. When he gets the job, he will pay you. But now you owe me as a father. You owe me as a man. Get me the result slip. He cannot be admitted in Jaquat without the result slip. The man was given the result slip. We raised about 60, 63,000. 
Christians. And the money was given to the boy. The father turned to me and said, you are his best friend. Take him to Nairobi for me. I took him up to Dandora where a relative of mine was staying. We spent the night there. The following morning we reported to Jaquat. The boy is now working with Mombasa Cement as a very highly paid professional. But listen, the man did not just do duty. The man burnt bridges. The man crossed lines. Do you want to tell me that boy can ever dishonor such a father? Brethren, it is not time to be a father anymore out of duty. It is not time to be a mother anymore out of duty. It is time to be a gift. You torment your child with good thoughts. You torment your child with good sentiments. They get married, but before they are married, they are quoting you more than even the Bible. It is possible to be a gift as a member of Deliverance Church in Gongorod. It is possible to be a gift as a member of the body of Christ. It is possible to bleed to be a Christian. It is possible. Because what you give away is what you get back. You give away duty, what you will get back is duty. But you give away sentiment, what you get back is sentiment. Let us go beyond duty this afternoon. We have had the word. Now it is time to respond to the word. How are we going to respond? This is how we are going to respond. We are going first of all to repent for being crybabies. People who blame those who did not do it for us. Yet, if we are asked how much we have done, we may not say as much. People who point to what has not been done and yet, in our own zones, there is so much work to do. So much sentiment to provoke. We are going to stop blaming the world for being sinful and ask ourselves, how much of the grace of God are we injecting in that same world? We are going to ask the Lord to deliver us from duty. Because to be dutiful is to be legal. And to be legal is to be cast. Cast is everyone who comes under the law or who breaks the law. We are above the law, not because we are now, you know, illegals and people who are uh, misbehaving. We are above the law because we do not operate by the principles of the law. We operate by grace, which is a gift. What is the meaning of grace? God's unmerited gift or favor. That is the meaning of being gracious. That is the meaning of being a priest of grace. There was a priest of the law. If that temple was not taken care of, the old priest could even be killed by God. Now, we don't have physical temples. Now we have living temples called our neighbors. We have living temples called our spouses. We have living temples called our work colleagues at work. We have to build them, not with duty, but with a gift. Ask your neighbor, what is your gift?